Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. I um, am sharing on week three of our relationship series. I hope you are getting a lot out of our relationship series. Um, Marty shared last week on marriage, dating and friendships. And next week we're going to have a panel of people from within our church who will be sharing from their life experiences and their stories. So make sure you're here next Sunday as you hear from the panel as we continue our final week of relationships. But today I am sharing on three aspects of marriage, parenting and family life and friendship. So I'm very, very excited about this. Um, I am a mum to three incredible children. They all range in different age groups. I've got a teenager um, who is 14, a 10-year-old, nearly an 11-year-old and a boy who is turning seven soon. Um, I got married at a young age of 22. Some, you might think that's young, some might think that's old, depends um, I guess where we were in generations. Um, We recently celebrated our 16th birth um, anniversary. Um, I am a daughter, I am an auntie, I work in a school as a chaplain, I am a pastor, I am a leader and I am a friend. And just like me, you have a lot of different roles as well. And in relationships and all the different roles that we do, they all encompass relational skills. They all require how we relate to people. In every single sphere that you are, whether you're a mum, a daughter, a mum, a dad, a worker, an employee, the boss, we have to have relational skills, don't we? So the first verse that I'm gonna read today is from Ecclesiastes 3, verse one to eight. For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up, a time to cry and a time to laugh, There's a time to grieve and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to turn away, a time to search and a time to quit searching, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear down and a time to mend, a time to be quiet and a time to speak. That's always an important one to learn. A time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. And I'd love you to think about your own life What season are you in? Maybe with relationships, you're entering the dating season of life. Maybe you are single in this place. Maybe you have children that are at home. Maybe children that have left home and come back home. There are many different various seasons that we have in our lives. Maybe you're a newlywed. Maybe you've been married for many years. Or maybe, sadly, your loved one is no longer here with you. But we are in many different seasons in our lives. And sometimes in our seasons of relationships, we're gonna feel like we're soaring and we're flying. Sometimes our relationships are gonna cause us some grief. Sometimes they're gonna feel strained and they're gonna feel uncertain. Sometimes you're gonna feel like you're at war with your loved ones. Sometimes you're gonna feel, hopefully most of the time, at peace with those different relationships. But whatever relationship you are in, whether it is fruitful at the moment or you feel like you're in the hidden valley, 
We have a God that wants to walk with us and be with us and be the centre of every single relationship and every single season that you are in. Marty spoke about this in week one of our relationships. The first and foremost relationship that we should be certainly most focused on is our relationship with God because from that relationship with God, healthy relationships flow. You will have a healthy marriage. You will have a healthy friendships. You will have healthy parenting skills. You will have a healthy family environment. In Ephesians 5.15, it says, So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in those evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. In my different relationships, I'm on a journey. I am learning every single day. I am learning every single year on how to do relationships well. I don't think any single person is going to be the master of relationships. You could study on it, you can read all the books, which is very important, but I don't think we're ever gonna master how to do relationships 100% perfect because we are working and doing relationships with people who are not perfect. But we can learn from the master. We can learn from the one who sacrificed his life for us and gave his life for us. We can learn from Christ. All right, so here we go. Today we're going to look at marriage, our first area that we're going to talk about. Here is a free marriage tip for all the people who are married or yet to be married. Don't ask your wife when dinner will be ready when she is mowing the lawn. That didn't happen with us, but there's a free marriage tip. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. All right, I need a couple of volunteers and I'm going to call on someone randomly. Wayne and Charmaine, come on up. I have a pair of stockings here. They were used for a um, dress-up day to make a tail, so they've never been used. A tail for Tigger. But can you tie these around your legs or if you need someone? We are going to have a bit of fun right now. We're going to have the three-legged race. Now, these two have only been married for maybe six weeks. Two months, so eight weeks, six weeks, two months. All right, they're very newly wed. So what I want you to do is when we say go, run around and come back here. Well, yeah, run, let's try running. Are we ready? Set, go! Well done, keep going. All right, let's pick up the pace. And up here, up here, and then down. Oh. And down, and back to your seat. You are amazing. You may keep that stocking and keep practicing the three-legged race. Well done, guys. Well done. Married life can be like the three-legged race. You know, before you get married, you are sort of like running the race on your own, aren't you? Running around in circles. And then when you get married, you've got to learn to share to share your life. Um, you learn a lot about yourself. You learn a lot about each other. When you 
single, you get to choose when you go to bed. You get to choose what you eat, when you eat. You get to choose really where all your income goes, if it goes into this basket, this basket, or this basket. But when you become married, it becomes a whole different story because it's about the both of you. You have to choose like when you're going to spend your money into this or you're going to invest into this. It becomes a very different sort of race. Um, just like the three-legged race, um, it's finding the rhythm, it's finding the sink, and I love Charmaine and them because they did demonstrate for us when they were climbing up here, like, you've got to turn, work together, hold each other, and that was amazing because that is what married life is like. You've got to find the sink, you've got to find the rhythm, you've got to hold on to each other and undergird each other, and I want to encourage you because in married life, you've got to find unity in your finances, you've got to find unity in, in, the, in the ways that you want to do family life, you've got to find unity in the ways that you're going to raise your children, in the ways that you're going to spend your finances. It's finding unity within it. It's finding unity in how to serve God. Um, in Ecclesiastics 4, and this is going to be our main verse that we're going to look at over these three different things is this. Ecclesiastics 4 verse 8 to 12. And we're going to take a little bit for each of those different relationships that we're talking about today. Two are better off than one. For they can help each other succeed. If one falls down, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone cannot be, can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Amen, amen. I remember that in our wedding vows. And to personally, I couldn't wait for the keeping each other warm part. Keep your ears closed children but in marriage there are going to be times when you're going to be learning to be running together there are going to be times when you're in that three-legged race where you are going to fall but when you are in this race of marriage and you're in this race of life you are still connected and I want to encourage you as you're running this race together in your married lives maybe at times there are going to be times when someone has to slow down to allow the sink and the rhythm to go. Or maybe there is going to be times where someone is going to have to pick that person up and carry them around because marriage is not about one is better or one is worse. It's finding who each of you are in the race of marriage. I recall our first years of marriage, we spent a lot of time fighting about money, in-laws and church. I learned so much in the beginning days when I was married and I learned this, that we're not in a competition with each other. That a win for Marty is a win for me. It's not who earns the most or who has the better skills or whose idea was this idea and whose idea was that. But I learned that we are in it together. In your married lives, when your husband or your wife has a win, if you're allowing them, because maybe you have to slow your pace down to allow one to study, or maybe there's time when there's children and you have to allow one person to stay at home, a win for you is a win for each other. A win for you is a win for your family. I recall in ministry I had children and we were very, very involved in church. And um, for me, my personality is I don't like to stop. And I had to learn to slow down because my capacity to raise my children while being very actively involved had to change for a season of life. And I remember that I was set out to prove that I could still do it all 
but I couldn't because my capacity wasn't there to be able to do this well and do this well and do all of this well. And so for a season, I just had to slow down in church life for a moment while I raised my three children. And that is okay, but in myself, because I knew what God had asked me to do, it's finding what God has for you and running the race together as husband and wife. I wanna honour all our FIFO families here or shift workers here. I think you are amazing and I never realised how much, um, how many people were in the FIFO life until we moved here. I've never heard of the term FIFO. It was like, what's FIFO? Like, it's fly in, fly out. But there's such a huge percentage of people here that have um, spouses, husbands and wives going up and flying in four weeks on, four weeks off, two weeks here, two weeks there. And it is astounding. So to you, to the mum or the dad who is at home, we honour you and we appreciate you and your families because when your husband is away or your wife is away, it's not he's away on a holiday, but you're doing it together. A win for you is a win for him. Whoever is managing the home life or the finances or the children, a win for you is a win for him and vice versa. So to all those families, we honour you and like, think you are amazing in what you do. You're in the race together. You're finding rhythm. You're finding sync. You're holding each other up. In married life, keep Christ as the centre. In that verse there, it said, three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. In the centre of your marriage, in the centre of your goals, in the centre of whatever you are deciding, keep Christ as the centre of your lives. Do you know what? Just because you are a Christian or know Christ, doesn't mean that your marriage is not going to have the hard times. We had a family member um, who they married young and they did divorce and they served in church and divorce we can talk about in church. But can I say just because you are a Christian doesn't mean you're going to face those different challenges. You are going to face those challenges. But I want to encourage you, keep Christ as the absolute centre of your relationship. Keep Christ as the centre of your goals. Keep Christ as the centre because a cord, a braided cord is not easily broken. Parenting, here we go. Ecclesiastics 4 verse 8, let's read it again. Two are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. I think parenting, this can be one of the most natural areas of our lives, but it can also be one of the most difficult areas of our lives. When you go to the maternity ward and you walk out of hospital, you do not have a manual on how to do every season and stage of life, absolutely not. You are learning on the job. It is the most rewarding and it is an absolute privilege to raise our children and to raise the next generation. I think in the early days and even later days, you learn a lot about yourself, you learn the sin nature and you learn how to pray. So I'm going to first speak to um, the parents in this room, to the husbands and the wives. You're in it together. Together, you set the boundaries. Together, you have the same values. If your spouse says no to your child, don't turn around and say yes to your child. Be in agreement with raising your children. Have Christ as the centre of raising your children and be in one unity. 
There's going to be times as a parent that you are going to feel completely down and think, how am I going to do this? But then you have your husband or your wife that will hold you up and help you and undergird you and get you through. Because two are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If you're a single person here today, a single parent here today, incredible parents that you are in raising your children, I have a, an amazing supportive husband who is so involved and I can only imagine what it would be like not to have that. But I want to encourage you that two are better off than one for they can help you succeed. And if you are a single parent in this place, find that trusted friend that you can get alongside you to encourage you in during those times when you are down because you're going to be down. Find that friend or an older figure in your life that you can look up to and think, wow, that's how I would want to do my family life. That's how I want to be as a mum. Find a person in your life when you need to pick up that phone and say, hey, help, and they know exactly what to say. Find that person, entrusted person, who is a safe person to help you in parenting your, your children. Because whatever season you are in, we all have so much to give to the adults, to the grandparent figures in here. What you have to offer to the next generation under you is remarkable. You have so much that you can give and guide and mentor and impart to the parents with teens. How much you have that you can give to the, to the ones that are raising toddlers and small children. To the people and the parents in this room who have small children, you have so much that you can keep imparting to those that are not yet married or, or yet found their, their person. We have so much that we can give. So I want to have a bit of a scenario here. I want you to picture, um, you know when you have a toddler or you have a small child in your home. Now, think of life through their eyes. They get up in the morning. Ah, it's a beautiful morning. They get out of bed they look for their mum or they look for their dad and their mum sees them or their dad sees them and they get a big hug. Hey, bud, hey, girl, you slept so well last night. Come and have a hug. And then, and then you get them ready for school and then you're making them breakfast and sometimes they might get a Milo or a hot chocolate and you're talking about their day, how amazing it's going to be. You take them to school and you yell out the window, I love you. And they love, yell back, I love you too, mum. You're the best. <laughs> I don't think it's any of my, it's all right, none of my children. We're using a scenario. Then you go to school and you pick them up, you come home and you have afternoon tea. Sometimes there's even baked muffins there or hot choc chip biscuits or, or you get a special treat. And they come home and you're like unpacking their bags together, talking about the day. And you're like, you know what, child? Go and play, have fun, and I'll call you when dinner's ready. And then a couple of hours later, the bell rings, ding-a-ling-a-ling, dinner time, come inside, wash your hands, and we're all sitting down at the table, and we're talking about a day and having an amazing meal. And then it's that time of the night where you run them a nice, warm bath, and there's bubbles in there. And they lay in there and you say, wash behind your ears. Yeah, mum, I'm going to wash behind my ears. Wash your face and brush your teeth. Then you hop into bed and you have a snuggle and you read books. You say your goodnight prayers. And then they go to sleep. <laughs> they go to sleep. 
But through the eyes of that young child or children, they even want to marry you because they think you're the best. (laughs) And they can't imagine life without you. And then something happens in their brains a few years later. You ask them, hey, how was your day? (laughs) None of my children at all. None of them at all. They still want to go on the family walks, but actually without you because they want to go on a walk with their friend. Or they still want to eat out with you, but if you give them money and you sit at a different table and they can sit with their friends. But can I encourage you, it is completely normal because a child, and going from a child, you've got your toddler, child, teenager, it is completely normal because they need to find their independence. Can you imagine if a teenager was still doing that and you're still running their baths and still, well, you actually can still do that because I like that every now and then. But like a child has to find their independence because if you keep doing the scenario one and they're still you know, like that, they're going to be living with you to the age of 55. They've got to try and find their future people. They are going to maybe say a few words to you that you don't like, but it is them finding themselves. I have learned during parenting, it is not a personal attack on you as a parent. As a parent of teens, as a parent of young ones, whatever age your children are, you have the responsibility to set the boundaries and to set the foundations. They might say that they don't need boundaries or they don't need foundations, but they actually do. And that is our responsibility to set that, no matter what age. For a young child, if you don't set the boundary in your home life of this is bedtime, they're gonna watch TV or play until the late hours of the night, but the next day they're not gonna function. We as the parents, we set the boundaries. With our teenagers, we set the boundaries that you have a shower every single day, even if you don't feel like it. We set the boundaries of a child teaching them, hey, you have two biscuits. Because if you don't set the boundaries, they're gonna eat the whole packet. Is that right? Has that happened to anyone before? Yes, we set the boundaries. We set the foundations for family life. For us as a family, we've always had the foundation of, and the boundaries of, we attend church. We attend church every week. There have been some scenarios where the children haven't gotten to church because of different circumstances. But most of the time, 99% of the time, is they're at church because we set the boundaries as a family, as a husband and a wife, as a parent. We set them. And it's not forcing them and making them, but it's setting the boundaries so that they will continue to follow that model in their, in their, into their years. And they become, and they make the choice, hey, I'm going to church because I know that I'm gonna find great community. I go to church because I know that I'm gonna encounter God. I go to church because I love God, and that's what we want our children to be. You know what, as a parent, be the constant. Yes, we're gonna have times where we're not perfect, but be the constant in their life because when they are going through things, they're gonna come home to you and you are the voice that they need to hear. You are the voice that encourages them. You are the voice that calls the best out in them. You are the constant. Couple of tips that I have for parents here today and then I have a couple of tips for children too. Pray for your children. Number one, pray who you see them to be. We form with our words. Call out the potential and call who they are in Christ. Point number two, you set the tone, you set the culture in your home. Pray over your home parents, 
pray in your children's room. Put your music on, put worship music on. You set the tone. You set the tone of the boundaries that you set. You set the tone of how we speak to each other in, in the home environment. You set the tone and you set the culture. If you are a family that wants to sit at the dinner table, sit at the dinner table. You set the tone. If you're a parent that wants to sit while you watch TV, you set the tone because your children model it. So set the tone in your home and the culture that you want. Point number three, apologise when you need to. I've had to do this on multiple occasions and, and apologise to them. If you've been in the wrong, apologise to your children and say, hey, I actually was in the wrong and I'm so sorry. Don't add a but on the end, just apologise because there are going to be times like that. If you've had a fight with your husband or your wife in front of your children, do you know what? Apologise in front of your children to your husband and your wife so they can see what it is to apologise. I've had to do that before. I'm like, hey, babe, I'm so sorry. Kids, I'm just saying sorry to dad now because I shouldn't have spoken the way that I did to him. So set the example, set the tone and apologise when you need to and ask for forgiveness. Point number four, you as a parent are not replaceable. You're not replaceable. You know what? A child can get a new teacher, they can get a new um, friend, but they can't get a new mum or dad. So when you're at home, be present, be engaged, and, and set that. I know for us, my first ministry in life is my family life, because to be honest, church life can get a new pastor any day, but my kids cannot get a new mum and dad any day. So set that and know that you are not replaceable. Be present, get the quality time with your children, and be there for them to the children in this room, whatever age you are, even adult children. Pray for your children. We don't know what we're doing. We're learning on the job. The older you get, it's a new season for your parents to learn how to um, raise you. If you're a teenager and you're the first teenager in the family, we're learning how to raise you. If you're a parent and you're now a parent, your mum is learning how to be a mum with grandchildren. Like It's a, always a cycle that's going around and around. But pray for your parents. They need it. Number two, love God and place him as the centre of your lives. I love seeing our youth here and our children here on a Sunday. It is so important. Teach them to come to church. Teach them to read their Bibles. Buy them devotion books. Buy them journals and model to them how to love God. Point number three, don't grow up too fast. I know you want to grow up, but don't because we want to keep you little. Soon you're going to be paying bills. Soon you're going to be dating. But enjoy life and just be you. Be you. Number four, choose good friends, which we're going to talk about now. So friendships, let's go back to Ecclesiastics 4, verse 8 to 12. Two are better than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help, but someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm, but how warm can one be alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer, because three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Friendships, whatever age you are, Choose like-minded friends. Friends that when you're down, don't abandon ship. 
They're going to help you get through those tough times. Choose friends that bring the good side out of you. Choose friends, most importantly, that draw you closer to God. Listen to your conversation when you're with your friends. If your friendship circles are not drawing you closer to God, then maybe you need to reassess those friendships. I picture this um, with... um, It said in that verse, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two people can stand back to back. Has anyone seen Charlie's Angels? And they're like doing their... That's what I picture for a friendship. You've got each other's back. You're looking and surveilling, is that the word? What's going on around? But your friend's there, they're holding you up. And that's what you need in a good friend. One that's looking around, that's not going to run away and leave you when the going gets tough, but they've got a strong backbone with Christ as the centre in that relationship. And I believe that your friendship will go far. To have a good friend, you need to be a good friend. Just like in the verses of seasons, there are going to be different seasons of your friendships. And that's okay, you've just got to accept it. There's going to be some friendships in your life that are going to last a lifetime and there's going to be some friendships that are just for a period of time. Everyone ultimately longs for companionship. Whether you are the most introvert person here, you long for companionship, you long for friendship. If you're the most extrovert, you think everyone's your friend, but you also do need to get deep as well with some of your friends. Right now, Josh, if you could come up and play, Um, we're going to come to a close in a moment. Um, But I'm just going to read one verse right now. Luke 5, verse 17. And I hope you got something out of it. It was very practical, um, but I really think it's important that we keep Christ as a centre of every single relationship that we have. But Luke 5, 17, and it says this. One day Jesus was teaching and the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee, from Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralysed man on a mat and tried to take him to the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd, right in the front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. For every single relationship here today, whether you are in a married relationship, if you're single, if you, with your friendship circle, with raising your family, we are gonna have times when we're gonna be on the stretcher. And that is why we need Christ as the center so that we as people can carry our friends, our family, our loved ones to Jesus. That man in that story, he, he was paralyzed, he couldn't walk, he was an invalid. But his friends around him and the people around him looked for a way to get him to Jesus. And that is us at times. There's going to be times when you are going to be on that stretcher. But who are those people carrying you? To the people who may be feeling strong and feeling like, you know what, I'm on the high, I'm on the mountaintop. You as a friend, you as a husband, you as a wife, it's going to be times when you're going to have to carry. You're going to have to carry. You're going to have to carry people to Jesus And right now, I want to encourage you, as you leave from today, 
Find time in the week. Keep Christ as the centre of your life because there are times when you're going to have to carry people. You're going to have to build up some muscle, spiritual muscle around your life because you're going to be carrying people to Jesus. My question today, whether you are in marriage, friendship circles, where are you carrying your people to? Where are you carrying them to? Are you carrying them to Jesus? Are you carrying them to Jesus? And with every eye that is closed right now,